Welcome to Pass It On with CWR Talent. I'm CWR, and this is my podcast dedicated to helping our aspiring leaders and mentors. We're sharing the valuable experience and advice of some of the most successful executives in my network. My specialty? Discover talent and pass it on. That's it. In simpler terms, I'm a headhunter with a twist. If you want to increase your knowledge, build resilience, or simply polish your soft skills in order to lead at the next level, my guests are all happy to share what works and what doesn't. It's honest, it's forward motion, and future thinking. We like it. Catch our latest episodes that drop Sundays at 12 p.m. GMT London time. And whether you're in London, New York, Lima, Paris, Perth, or Dubai, you'll find us on all platforms where podcasts live. We appreciate each and every listener, and we hope you'll share it with your family, friends, and colleagues. Here we go. Welcome to Pass It On. I'm your host, CWR. Since the beginning of time, organizations of all sorts have had governing bodies, from the Roman Senate in ancient times to today's board members who determine if the strategy of governing excellence is in the future interest of the company and when it may need adjustment. For our aspiring mentors who are preparing for the day, they will seek out a board appointment within or outside their industry. Many of them have served as CEOs or C-suite executives in their career. It's not a role for everyone, but for our aspiring leaders who want to factor into their ultimate career plan the preparation and education they will need to be ready to lead at this level, we salute you. Everyone wins when companies and organizations are well-governed. There has been increasing interest over the last years in the media, in the business world, and in academia in the topic of corporate governance. But what is corporate governance and why is it important? I'd like to explore this topic today with my guest, Ayman Madkor. Ayman is one of our global experts of all things people, talent, and culture. His career in HR leadership spans across 37 countries on five continents within global brands such as Hilton International and Four Seasons, as well as regional Egyptian hotel brands. Iman delivers support to individuals as well as private, public, and governmental and nonprofit organizations in person and virtually. I've had the honor to speak to Iman about building agility in business for survival and growth in one of our recent podcasts, and you can find that one in the archives on the platform of your choice. My guest today has participated recently in a program which aims to support corporate governance excellence. The program is supported by the International Finance Corporation, the World Bank Group, enhancing the skills and knowledge of current and potential members of the board of directors is considered best practice for all parties. Let's talk to Ayman about his experience and what he's learned. Welcome, Ayman. Great to have you back with us. Delighted to be here and uh, wonderful to speak to your audience all around the world. Perfect. Let's get into the questions. So what are the four types of organizations which would benefit from best practices in corporate governance? Actually, corporate governance is helpful to all types of organizations, including those which are listed on the stock exchange, 
those which are not listed, uh, also family-owned businesses and state-owned enterprises. Uh, as a matter of fact, even nonprofits now uh, are also looking at enhancing their corporate governance practices. So it is actually something that cuts across the board, regardless of ownership of those enterprises uh, or whether they are profit or nonprofits. And why is corporate governance important? What purpose does it play? Well, corporate governance really is about how organizations are directed and controlled. So when corporate governance is strong and effective, it actually improves the operational efficiency of an organization. Um, it enables organizations to access capital markets at a good rate. Uh, it lowers the cost of capital. Uh, and it creates a better uh, reputation for the organization and trust among all stakeholders. Organizations that are well-governed uh, tend to be able to attract good uh, talent as well and retain that talent. Um, so um, a lot of organizations now are uh, working on stepping up the corporate governance practices, as well as the regulators uh, are putting a lot of pressure on, on organizations to do that as well. There's a clear difference between the role of board members versus the role of CEOs and the executive team. Tell our listeners a little bit about some of these differences. Right. So uh, there is a saying that the best boards are nose in, hands out. Uh, that means that nose in as being um, interested in what's going in the organization, uh, they're engaged but hands out, uh, meaning that they are not micromanaging uh, the organization. So actually uh, the board provides stewardship, looks at the long-term issues, uh, ensures proper oversight and control. Um, the board also uh, promotes disclosure and transparency. Uh, most importantly, the board um, ensures you know, shareholder rights, uh, and monitors and guides the managerial performance. So the CEO usually reports to the board. Uh, the CEO is in charge of the day-to-day -day running of the organization, um, develops and recommends the strategy, uh, the business plans, the budgets, runs the management team, uh, carries out the day-to-day -day, um, management uh, of the organization uh, while the board really sits above uh, the CEO uh, and uh, looks at uh, long-term issues, uh, looks at ensuring the health of the organization um, on the, the long-term as well. Yes, I mean, regulatory uh, legislation and other things that companies have to abide by, uh, all of these are oversight uh, in the board. As a matter of fact, after a lot of corporate scandals, uh, there's been a lot of emphasis um, on, you know, board effectiveness uh, and board uh, engagement as well, as well as the quality of people sitting on the board uh, and the quality of their engagement. There's been a lot of focus recently on board diversity. Why is this important and what is the business impact? Well, you know, none of us is as smart as all of us. Uh, it has been found that boards which have female directors have return on assets that's three times higher than those without. 
uh, and the return on equity was twice as much. And now we're not only looking at diversity in terms of male, female, but we're also looking at diversity in terms of age groups, having younger members of the board who have different perspectives uh, because of their um, experience and because uh, of where they are um, in their life journey. Some global organizations also look at diversity in terms of nationality, in terms of uh, ethnic background, in terms of uh, having people with uh, disability being represented. Um, so if all of us are thinking in exactly the same way, we're not challenging one another, that does not lead to a strong board. So because usually the customer base of an organization is diverse, that diversity in the customer base needs to be reflected also in the diversity uh, of the boards. Um, and that is uh, rather uh, a new practice uh, because as a matter of fact, uh, in the past, there was a lot of, you know, bringing people that you already know that in, are in your circle, et cetera. Uh, but now organizations are seeing the benefit really of uh, diversity and uh, inclusion. Often, too, they would like some expertise on the board that leans to a particular function within their organization if it's a really strong and important function. And uh, to this end, this is why the background of various board members is usually quite different and diverse as well. Absolutely. So uh, in today's world, you know, with all the rapid uh, pace of change, uh, sometimes you need people with specific expertise, whether it's in technology or in legal or uh, other matters. Uh, so also having people who come from different disciplines uh, and um, different walks of life uh, leads to a stronger board and a board that looks at issues uh, from all angles, which is exactly what you need. Exactly. And the National uh, Association for Corporate Directors has established five principles for board remuneration because boards, of course, can have uh, non-remunerated board positions, non-executive, or can be remunerated positions. Can you please walk us through these principles? Right. So there's been a lot of emphasis uh, recently in the media uh, and by regulatory bodies as well about board remuneration. Uh, so now uh, organizations are looking at doing this in a more structured, methodical, and transparent way. So the first um, principle really is that director compensation should be determined by the board and disclosed completely to shareholders. That is very uh, important because obviously the board uh, reports to the AGM or the annual uh, general meeting of the shareholders. Uh, the second one is the director's compensation should be aligned with the long-term interest of shareholders. Uh, so looking at, uh, you know, the big picture, the long-term interest of shareholders. Uh, the third one is about compensation being motivating uh, the directors and, and really uh, making it worth their while to participate uh, in the meetings, in the studies, etc. Uh, also, directors should be adequately compensated for their time and effort. Some directors also sit on specialized committee in addition to the um, general board meetings. 
Uh, and finally, uh, the compensation should be approached on an overall basis rather than as an array of separate uh, elements. Um, so uh, again, uh, this is an area that is gaining a lot of uh, interest among uh, watchdog uh, organizations and uh, boards are keen uh, to uh, act in a transparent way so that they are uh, seen as trustworthy uh, and um, uh, looking at the best interest of uh, shareholders. And as a last note, what are the key criteria for assessing a board's effectiveness? Are they effective? This is really um, an area uh, that was not highlighted uh, in the past. Uh, directors tend to be people with a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge, and sometimes status as well. So um, assessment uh, was deemed in the past as a sensitive issue. Uh, but in, at the moment, uh, things are moving and there is much more emphasis on two types of uh, evaluation. One is individual director evaluations. So looking, for example, at how much a board member prepares for a board meeting, uh, the percentage of uh, meetings the individual attends, uh, the contributions made uh, during those meetings, uh, the level of understanding of the company's business, um, you know, are they keeping their skills up to date, their interpersonal skills, are they trusted and respected, and so on. So these are criteria uh, related to individual director uh, evaluation. But in addition to that, there is also another type of evaluation which is the evaluation of the board as a group. Um, and that has to do with the performance against set objectives, the board's contribution to development and the oversight, um, that the board has the right mix uh, of up-to-date knowledge and skills, uh, the relevance of the board agenda. Um, so there is an element of self-assessment, but now also some boards are uh, doing uh, more than that on top of the self-assessment uh, and the assessment by the chair of the board. Uh, some are also um, bringing in outside consultants uh, to have an objective uh, and an independent evaluation uh, of the board as well. So, um, you know, the level of complexity uh, has definitely uh, increased uh, when it comes to uh, being a member of the board. And there's much more, um, I would say, uh, oversight on uh, what boards do and what they don't uh, and how they perform. Indeed, a very insightful discussion. Thanks a lot, Eamon, for joining us today and passing it on. I hope you'll come back and share with us some of your other experiences. and. Pass it on. It's been a pleasure and looking forward to uh, more and more uh, sharing uh, with your audience in Europe and across the world. It's a big thank you to you and to our listeners around the planet, 27 countries and counting. If you'd like to help and support our podcast, please give us a like if you do, follow or subscribe if you can, and click on that ding-dong bell so you're notified of our new guests and content. Don't forget, pass it on.